Hi there, it's Cameron Vakillian with Innovating Internships, the podcast where we discuss what makes a successful internship and why. For this episode, I'm with Marissa Armitstead, and we're discussing the framework of design thinking as it relates to internships and career development, and how these concepts can be applied to any internship search. Hello, happy Halloween, Marissa. How are you doing? I am so good. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am stoked to be here. I am so excited you are here. Yes. Do you have any fun plans for Halloween? (sighs) Yes. Well, I'm trying. So it's always a struggle in my house because my partner is super anti-Halloween. It's the funniest thing. He's already started playing the Christmas music. (laughs) So here we are. Um, But I'm sporting a little baby bump this time around. So I've been thinking about being an avocado and then baby is the little little uh, seed or what are they called? Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, I love that. So that's the current thought process. We'll see if I can convince my partner to be toast with me. <laughs> oh, that would be so creative. What about you? <laughs> oh, you know, so this year we're doing kind of a theme with friends and uh, I am going to go as Jasmine from Aladdin, but we're all being Disney characters and we're all flipping the gender. So I'm going to go as Jabod instead of Jasmine. Because <laughs> I'm Persian, of course. And so they were all like, yeah, you have to be Jasmine then from Aladdin. <laughs> I'm like, fantastic. okay, fine. <laughs> well, so happy to have you on. Um, Marissa is a career design specialist at Utah State University. And first off, I love that title, career design specialist. So tell us, what does that mean? And how has that shaped your own career development philosophy? Yeah, I really appreciate this question. The name actually came about from a very intentional conversation. So at USU, for the longest time, we have had career coaches. And so this is a pretty common phrase. Typically, when you think of a career coach, the student goes, maybe has their resume reviewed, maybe you practice some interviewing, and they coach you through that process. And so for a very long time, that term fit, and it made sense with the work that we did. However, recently in the past, I would say two or so years, we have really shifted a mindset from services to design. And so as we started to do this kind of redesign of our office, we said, we have to change the name to fit the work that we're actually doing. Mm -hmm. So we've shifted to design specialist because we still are working with students and we're still doing some of that one-on-one work. But we've also really transitioned to incorporating, number one, more design thinking into that process. And number two, I would say broadening the role to look at content creation and some innovative ways that we can actually scale the work of career. So we felt like that name better encompassed the work that we actually do. Yes. I love when you can take your working title to really reflect what it is that you actually do and some of the theories and frameworks that you use. Yes. Well, I'm super excited to be discussing this topic with you on design thinking because it's really so relevant to learning and innovation. So tell us in a nutshell, what is design thinking and where did it come from? Yeah, another good question. And I would say design thinking has been around for quite some time, actually. It first really became popular in industry, and it's been a a problem-solving kind of methodology, if you will. Um, It's really common in UX. And whenever you're designing for people, so a lot of product design uses this as a framework as well. But I think it was in the 1960s or so, this, this term, wicked problems, really started to emerge. And wicked problem basically described a problem that has never been solved before. And oftentimes, it's also a problem that even if you do get to a solution, you can't reuse that solution again. And so it's kind of these challenging problems that, again, we have to be a little bit more creative about. So that's kind of like setting the stage for like, where did this start? 
But transitioning a little bit, it's really developed and there's a million and 10 different variations of design thinking, mm -hmm. just to be clear. <laughs> um, but typically they include a couple of really key elements, right? So having kind of this empathy for the user is really essential. Getting into their head, understanding what problems are they facing, whether you're designing product for them or a service even, trying to get into their head is a huge part of it. And then as you start to think just like they might, then you really want to start identifying what are some of the problems that they're running into? Where are they getting stuck? And then taking it the next step saying, okay, we're seeing some problems, we're identifying some issues. How then can we brainstorm some possible prototypes or little tests of possible solutions to really start working on this? So those are kind of the key elements of most design models that you'll see. But some really innovative folks who were working at Stanford at the time, Bill Burnett, Dave Evans, they got together and, and they started to notice as faculty, they said, you know, college students are really struggling to design their lives. Like they're really struggling to answer that question of what am I going to be when I grow up? And so as they started to talk through the problem and really empathize with their user, they said, you know, I wonder if we could use this design framework but for life questions, for career questions. So it's kind of grown into this movement, if you will, of design thinking, but really embedded in the career space. So we found it to be a really great framework as we talk to students who have questions that have never been solved before. Definitely. And we use this framework at the University of Utah as well. In fact, there's quite a few career classes that we teach here where some of the workshops are actually having them use this concept of design thinking and really designing your life, creating this sort of action plan of mapping out what that looks like for you. The same way that a lot of innovators map this out in solving problems, coming up with insights and solutions. And so it really is a breakthrough for students. And it can be really hard to think about at first, like, oh, the, these concepts, like, what does that mean? How does that relate to like my career? Right. How does this relate to <laughs> internships? But really, as we break this down, I know it clicks so well. So I'm really excited to be talking about it. So let's talk about prototyping, because I know you reference this frequently as a career design specialist. So why is prototyping especially important when it comes to internships? Yeah, it's essential. And I would say, again, a really important thing to understand about the design process is that it's iterative. It is something where you are constantly testing things quickly, getting feedback, and saying either, yes, that worked, or nope, that didn't, let me try something else. And so when we think about the space of careers, I can't think of a better methodology because as students are testing things out, what better space to do it in a safe, cheap, quick environment where they can start something today and just get a taste of it before fully committing. And so maybe if I can give an example, I went to the U actually um, for my undergraduate degree in communication. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I actually had a lot of chances to prototype my career in that space. And so one thing that comes directly to mind is I ended up working with the career development office that they have here on campus. It was just a part-time student job. I needed to pay the bills. So I you know, applied, got the job, but I happened to fall into this work and I started to realize that I really enjoyed it. I got to work one-on-one -on -one with students. I love writing. And so having this like resume space where we'd like coach them on writing was so, so fun. And so it started to connect for me some of these dots of like, oh, like you get a job by doing X, by networking. Oh, and you get a promotion 
by actually negotiating and asking for it. Like all of these concepts just started to build on each other and was really exciting and I really loved it. At the time I was just thinking, okay, this is great. It's just a student job, but that was really a small prototype, right? A little mm -hmm. test to see what I'd like to work in this space. Another great example I think is I also worked in general advising as a student peer for a little bit. And it was interesting because I found that I, I continued to enjoy the space of working with students, but I also started to notice some things that I didn't super love. And so anyways, you know, lots of different prototypes that I could, again, share from kind of that undergraduate experience. But all of these little ways that I was testing careers, mm -hmm. it all started to shape for me. And, and as I neared graduation, I had some great advisors in the, the career center who said, Marissa, you're really good at this. Like, this is work that you do naturally and it seems like you enjoy it. And like the light bulb went on like, oh, that's a job. Like, <laughs> obviously it's a job, but it just hadn't really clicked that I'd been working on like my actual professional development until that point. And so anyways, I share all of that to kind of show it's the little things that we're doing all the time, whether it's, you know, job shadowing and internship, talking to a professional in the field. There's lots of ways that you can test careers out, mm -hmm. but really just putting forth the effort and having that bias to action is huge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's so important with internships too, because, and we really can nerd out about so many <laughs> yes. career development theories, right? Like there's just a whole body of knowledge out there, but prototyping, when it comes to an internship, that's truly what it's about, right? It's test driving a career. And in this concept of design thinking, when you can test out something, there's sort of a low risk in that sense, right? Like you're not committing to this career, this full-time you know, yes. where you're just in this like benefited position and they expect you to stay a long time to- And you hate it. <laughs> and then you hate it, right? Right? Right. That's what an internship is for. And, and I think a lot of times employers need to shift their mindset when they think of internships as well, because sometimes I do work with employers that are really thinking of internships as like, this is a job. And if you're not liking it, then this was a failure. Like this was unsuccessful. And that's just not the case. I think that's why when we think of this design thinking and sort of mapping out your life, internships are part of the prototyping phase. And then when you have tested that out for your next internship or your career, you kind of have gained some insights, yes. you know a little bit more about yourself, and it's great. So what are some examples of prototype conversations and prototype experiences? So a prototype conversation is really simple. If you've heard of an informational interview, you've basically heard of, of a conversation. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the key elements are you're, you're talking to somebody who is living the life that you think you might want to live. And so a great example, again, in my own undergrad, I connected with this gal who was doing some really cool work with refugees. And I just thought, this is a really cool space. I'm curious in the work that she does. I don't know her. I think I found her on LinkedIn. I'm a great LinkedIn stalker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so I just, I, I reached out to her. I sent a little connection with a little note that just said, I'm really interested in the work that you do. Could we chat for 15 or 20 minutes on the, on the phone and just talk about your career path? And I did. We set up a time. She was more than happy to just share, again, a little bit of an insight into what her job looked like. And I learned a lot of great things. It wasn't quite the fit that I thought it might be. But I maintained that connection. I actually ended up years later, I ended up having her on my podcast and, and we've been able to collaborate since then. So again, no prototype is a failure. There's always something to be gained from them. 
But that's kind of a quick example of, again, you just connect with a professional and you just talk to them. You ask them questions. Help me understand what a day in the life looks like. So those are pretty simple. I will say for folks who are maybe not as willing to reach out to strangers, I know that there can be a little bit of stress around that. And so oftentimes I'll recommend, especially to students as they're just starting, connect with people you already have a connection to, you know, the coworker of your mom or the, you know, nephew of the whoever, you know, just, just finding people who are already in that circle. Start where it's easy and then slowly build on that. So those are kind of the conversations. Then as we think about kind of these experiences or activities, they're a little bit more action-based in that you're actually going out and you're physically doing the thing. <laughs> so as an example, a job shadow is a great way to physically be in the space, see the actual work that is happening. Sometimes they'll even let you like participate a little bit on a job shadow. So you might be able to do a little bit of the work. It can also be more creative than that too. For example, let's say you really want to open up a bakery store. This is like your dream, you're passionate about it, but you're like, you know what? I better prototype this first. Maybe you decide to start your own little side business and you start to take on a couple of baking clients and just, just try it, see how it goes. How do you feel about having to do the marketing for your business? How do you feel about having the time frame of like, I have to have X cupcakes ready, you know, tomorrow? And try and mimic really is what we're doing. We're mimicking what it might feel like. So again, lots of ways to create an activity. Some are really structured. Some are a little bit more open. <laughs> yeah. And like that with that baking gig, that can start with just a few friends, yes. right? People you know, hey, I want to try this out with you. What do you think? What feedback do you have? It can start small. And that's one of the things I really like about prototyping is it doesn't need to be this big thing like you have to go out and make it all happen right. or feel like a failure <laughs> if you didn't do it right. But again, because this is used so much in organizations that are very innovative, that's what we should think of as, as learners too. Learning is a form of innovation in a way. We're just making ourselves better and better. And I think the best companies who are, are having no trouble hiring right now they're creating these opportunities for students early on. They're getting into classrooms. They're giving students the opportunity to prototype, whether it's an internship, which is great, or they might just have students come and tour their center. Or, you know, they're, just, they're creating spaces for students to test it out. And I think they're building that, that trust with students because the students say, oh, I've tried it with you and I like it. And now you don't have to sell me on working mm -hmm. for your company. I want to come to you. Yeah. So uh, a little shout out to the employers, I would say <laughs> definitely see, you know, are there ways that we can get students involved early on in that kind of that prototype phase, which will then likely result in a lot easier recruitment. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. And you had mentioned your podcast earlier. So tell us more about your podcast. Yes, thank you for giving me space uh -huh. <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, so the USU Career Studio podcast um, started in May of 2020, so the height of the pandemic. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, but I, it's actually kind of interesting. So I got hired on with USU. It was a crazy time. I literally got handed my laptop and my employer said, okay, take this, go home and work. And I was like, oh, how am I going to connect with students? <laughs> and so I was kind of in that empathy. Okay, what do I do? What do students need? I came up with the idea of a podcast. And so voila, a couple of years later, here we are. It, it turned into a thing and we've, we've loved doing it. Every season, it looks a little bit different. We've had 
alumni on the show who come and talk about their their experiences um, and their career journeys. We've had themes around just different um, career topics. Currently, we're tackling some kind of bigger questions around the value of higher education and careers and where they intersect. So that's been a really fun conversation. Um, and we produce content every Tuesday and Friday. So constantly ways to, to connect with us. On Tuesdays, we have a quick little tip. And then on Fridays, we have a little more in-depth interview. So oh, check us out. That is great. <laughs> well, yeah, check that out. I mean, if you love internships and this podcast, definitely go and check out Marissa's podcast because that's more in-depth in career development. And, and Utah State is doing some really, really great things. Well, it has been such a joy to interview you today, Marissa. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Cameron. I've loved it. So I'll be joining Marissa on her podcast soon discussing the importance of experiential learning. So go and check that out. And we'll be talking more and more about how institutions are seeing this as vital to their mission and how academic programs are implementing experiential learning as part of their curriculum. Also, join us next episode where I'll be talking more about micro-internships and the value they bring to both students and employers. Thanks for listening. Thank you.